Hey, what's up? Thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word and subjects related to it, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we can keep God's law and observe it with our own hearts, or with our whole hearts, rather. In this episode, I'm going to be examining the book of Matthew again in a continuation, a series of podcasts on the gospel according to Matthew. If you would, join me at Matthew chapter 9. I have not exegeted or discussed every verse in every chapter, but I have selected certain things from each chapter at, at my own will and freedom because it is my podcast, and so I've been doing that. And this one I want to discuss, Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. But before I do that, to remind us of the background, the continued thoughts that I've had um, in studying Matthew with you to help us appreciate the context of Matthew, let's keep in mind that Matthew is the gospel account written by a Jew to Jews about a Jew, Jesus Christ. Matthew is the writer, and his fellow Jews are the readers, And Jesus Christ, of course, is his subject. And Matthew's purpose is to present Jesus as the king of the Jews, the long-awaited Messiah. And he does this through uh, a carefully selected series of Old Testament quotations. And he documents Jesus' claim to be the Messiah. He points to his genealogy, his baptism, his messages, and his miracles, and how all of these lead to the same inescapable conclusion, that Christ is King. And so with that in mind, we look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, by way of introduction to this particular section, chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. I'm not good with titles, but I'm going to call this, Jesus' authority looked, saw, extended and provided jesus's authority looked saw extended and provided truly no one who has ever lived on this earth has been just like jesus christ no one besides him claimed power to forgive sins and then demonstrated the proof that he can do it let's consider together the first of those four ideas that Jesus' authority looked, number one. Jesus looked and saw their faith. Let's read the text together, Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. So he, Jesus, got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Jesus looked and saw their faith. In Capernaum, Capernaum, according to Mark 2 verse 1, parallel account, a paralytic, one who could not stand, could not walk, was brought to Jesus. He was lying on a bed. He was in great need of physical healing. He was desperate. And he had friends that saw to it that he had an encounter with Jesus. I want friends like that. (laughs) Jesus saw their faith. And that means, folks, that faith is something that is expressed. 
they demonstrated their faith by bringing their friend to Jesus. And I think that would be a question that we should ask ourselves. Do we demonstrate our faith in Jesus by bringing our friends to Jesus? Truly, biblical faith is a willing commitment. It's an action that we take based upon a known truth from God. God rewards and expressed faith in Him and in His Word. And this reminds me of one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards and expressed faith in him and in his word. The authority of Jesus Christ looked and saw their faith. You see, Jesus has that ability to look and see the faith of others. Second, Jesus looked and extended forgiveness, and his authority enabled him to do that. Verse 2, back to the text, Matthew 9, verse 2. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. So seeing their faith, he extended forgiveness by saying, Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And this shows that Jesus' love extends forgiveness and that he has the ability to give it. No, here, no mere human being would say such a thing, not out loud, unless they were foolishly being sacrilegious or were mentally insane. If they meant it as a joke, maybe. But Jesus did it because he cares, and people need forgiveness, and he has the power to make it happen, to bring it to pass. Now, I think that this feat was exceptional in Jesus' his, his ministry. It's only recorded uh, some three times, including this one, that he spoke sins forgiven. You might consider also Luke chapter 7, verse 48, and Luke 23, 43. And since this was exceptional and not the established method of pardon, it must have been designed for a special purpose. And that special purpose, we will learn later in verse 6 in this very text. The authority of Jesus looked and extended forgiveness when he saw faith. When he saw faith expressed. Folks, we must express our faith. And we must express it in the way and the ways which the Lord Jesus desires. Number three, the authority of Jesus looked and saw their evil hearts. Well, not the individual that was brought, nor his friends. But look at verse three. 
after Jesus said, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. It says, Matthew records, And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, so this is something they said in their minds, This man blasphemes. The word blasphemes means to speak against God. He's claiming to be God. He's speaking against God. He's claiming to do what only God can do. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, again, this reflects his authority. He knew their thoughts. Why do you think evil in your hearts? Jesus looked and saw their evil hearts. When Jesus pronounced the forgiveness of sins for this man, immediately they questioned within themselves that Jesus was blaspheming because no one can forgive sins but God alone. And Mark's account reflects that. Mark 2, verse 7. And they didn't say this out loud, but Jesus knew their thoughts and their accusations. And he answered those accusations with, Why do you think evil in your hearts? I can only imagine how this would cause them to tremble inside. Can you imagine being in person, in a conversation, and you're thinking something, and the, and the person to whom you're speaking says, Why are you thinking that? Imagine how that would get your attention. The question is asked not because their thoughts were illogically drawn from their premises, but because their premises were wrong in that they denied His divinity. And so when Jesus knew their thoughts, they ought to have been willing to recognize His divine claims. Only God can know what a person's thinking. 1 Corinthians 2 no one can know the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him. That means that you can't know what I'm thinking unless I tell you using words. But you see, the, the authority of Jesus, the authority of Jesus looked and saw their evil hearts. And the same concept is true today. Jesus can see when our hearts are thinking evil things. Fourth and finally, Jesus looked and provided the evidence. Verse 5, when he asked them, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sons are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they they marveled. One translation says they were afraid and glorified God who had given such power to men. So Jesus looked and provided the evidence. Anyone could merely say, your sins are forgiven, but Jesus said he healed this man that they might know that he, the Son of Man, had power on earth to forgive sin. When the paralytic immediately got up, they witnessed the reality and the validity of Jesus' claim to forgive sins. The miracles of Christ were always designed to produce faith. John 3, 2, John 5, 36. However, only God can forgive sins. And that was clear evidence 
of Jesus' divine nature. He provided the evidence. Jesus' authority looked and provided the evidence. The power to work miracles did not in itself imply the authority to forgive sins. I can think of Moses. I think of Elijah, Elisha, and others. They had the power to work miracles from God, but that did not in itself imply the authority to forgive sins. But the ability to work miracles did did imply the authority for, to forgive sins when the authority was asserted and the miracle were and the miracle or miracles were worked in proof of it. Think about it. Not only the authority to work miracles, but then the claim to do it. Forgive sins, that is. So Jesus, his authority looked and provided the evidence. Notice the good response from the authority of Jesus. Verse 8. When the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. Amazed and in awe. Even to the point of being somewhat afraid that such, how could such happen? That a man could do such. But they glorified God for it. Because the multitudes were realizing this man is more than a man. God is with him. And he himself have, has come down from God. And no doubt some of them were thinking he must be God. Jesus looked and provided the, answer, the evidence with his authority. Jesus provides the evidence today. We have the complete and full and all authoritative Word of God in the canon of Scripture. The evidence is here regarding who Jesus is, what He has done, and what He has taught. The authority of Jesus Christ. It changes lives. It changes societies. It's the determining factor in everything. What a person thinks and feels and believes and how they act regarding Jesus Christ and the authority given to Him. I really, really like this section of Scripture. Because it shows that Jesus is most unique and that He's a friend to sinners. He loves them. He left heaven for them. He lived His life for them. He died for them. He rose from the dead for them. He lives to make intercession for those who will come to Him in faith and act. That's what faith is, as I said a moment ago. You see, Jesus has the power to look and see the faith of those that are expressing faith in Him and in His Word. He has the power to look and to extend forgiveness. And He has the power to look and to see the hearts of all people, including the hearts of those that are thinking evil. Jesus has the power to look 
and to provide the evidence that is needed for people to draw close to God and to get into a right relationship with God. All of this from the authority of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've not thought of authority in this way before. I'm not 100% sure that I have to the extent that I have so shared, so taught in this episode, in this continuation in the study of the gospel according to Matthew. And no doubt, these things that are detailed here in Matthew 9, verses 1 through 8, would further be Matthew writing as a Jew to Jews about a Jew. And again, the details of Matthew 9, 1 through 9, would further detail how Jesus is the subject and how He is the fulfillment of Old Testament Scripture, how He and His claims to be the Messiah are shown to be legitimate and true by the life that He lived on this earth. No one who has ever lived on earth has been just like Jesus Christ, and that should move us. If we have hearts of faith, it will move us to act because faith is the action that we take based on what we believe. And we see that over and over in Scripture. What does the authority of Jesus do to you and for you? Does it move you to act in faith, to receive forgiveness on His condition? Does it warn you to not have a heart that is thinking evil thoughts? Does the evidence that He provides move you to glorify God and to change your life and to affect the lives of others around you? The authority of Jesus Christ. I hope that this has helped you and has benefited you in some way. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate this podcast, do me a favor. Help me in the algorithms. Share this post, this podcast with others on Spotify, uh, Podbean, on Apple, iTunes. Apple, not iTunes. Apple Podcast. I'm now on Apple Podcast as well. Go on there and get the word out by sharing it, interacting with the podcast, by liking it, giving me a review. I would appreciate as many stars as possible. I would appreciate that. It will help me in the algorithms. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.